So glad you could join us today. Listen, I want to start right out by doing this. I want to go back and recap a little bit of what we talked about last week. Uh, If you missed the message, I'm going to recap it real briefly for you. We discussed the fact that there were two different kinds of pins that were being talked about in John chapter 10. The first half of the verse talked about the type of pin that you would take when you would go into a town. You would go into a town and there were, there were, uh, th- there were the gates, it was basically rock that was, that was uh, built around and, and the sheep would go into this huge place um, and it was, it, was kind of a, it was kind of amazing. And one of the things that was really cool is, is that everyone's sheep would go into this place. And whenever, we, uh, when, whenever the, the shepherd would come that morning, there was always a gatekeeper, but whenever the shepherd would come that morning, all he would do was call out. Uh, he would just call out to the sheep, and the, the sheep would know his name. They would hear his voice, and they would know his voice. And uh, I, I don't know if we have that video. Lynn, do we have that video? I want to show you guys an example of this. I'm going to step off, off screen real quick, and I'm going to see if we can't show you an example of this. <laughs> One more time. tell you something. The sheep will know the shepherd's voice. He will know the shepherd's voice. And so in the morning time, the shepherd would come and he would call out and only his sheep would come and he would take them out to the fields. Now, when he, the second part of the verse talked about when he's taken them out to the fields. And when he took them out to the fields, the, the sheep, uh, he, would, he would have built a basically a three-foot-high rock, uh, rock pin with um, all kinds of thorns and stuff just to keep everyone else out and the sheep safe. But here's the caveat. There was no, there was no, there was no door, no gate on that pin. The shepherd himself laid down in front of the gate. He was the gate. And last week we talked about how Jesus was the gate, that he laid down his life. 
Here's the points that we made last week. Jesus wants to protect us. He wants to protect us. He does. He wants to protect us from harm. Just like the shepherd wants to protect his sheep from harm, he wants to protect us. The second one is this. Jesus is the only way into the pen and the only way out of the pen. There's no other way into the connection. And in this, it's symbolic. The connection with God. Jesus says in his word that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he is the only way to God. There's one way to God. And I said this, I know that's not a popular saying, but here's the thing. It's 100% true. The last thing we said was, was Jesus wants us to have an abundant life in John 10, 10. John 10, 10 says, have an abundant life. Now that doesn't mean an abundant life when you get to heaven. It means an abundant life now. And everyone's abundant life looks different. No, just because I've been on, uh, on, TV, on your TV or on your computer for the last four or five weeks, I have not turned into a prosperity preacher or a, a televangelist. I haven't. Uh, I'm ready for you to get back. And so I'm not going to sit up here and tell you that Jesus wants you to be rich. Uh, no, he wants you to have an abundant life. And there's a huge difference between abundant life and some type of wealth. There's a huge difference in that. Abundant life meaning you have peace, you have joy, that you're free from worry, and on and on and on. He wants you to have those things. And so with that in mind, with the, with the fact in mind that he is the gate, we're going to go on to the scripture, to the next scripture, and we're going to look at exactly what he was talking about, starting in verse 11, all right? Starting in verse 11. Here's what he said. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand, now think about this, a hired hand, someone, someone who just came in and has no connection with the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working, here you go, only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. And then Jesus reminds us again here in verse 14 and says, I am though, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and here you go, they know me. Just as my Father knows me, and I know the Father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd." The Father loves me because I sacrificed my life so that I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. This is important. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want and I also have the authority to take it up again for this is what the Father has commanded. 
In order to understand what the text is saying, you would have to know a little bit of background. And the background is found in Ezekiel, and you can write this down. We're not going to have this on the screen, but Ezekiel chapter 34. In Ezekiel chapter 34, here's what you find. In Ezekiel chapter 34, you find, you find a description of two different shepherds. You find a description of two different shepherds. The first description is talking about the shepherds that did not have the best interest at heart of the people of Israel, of God's people. And it describes this shepherd and it goes through and says, you take money from them, you steal from them. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. And then right in the middle of the chapter, there's a turn. And the turn is this. The turn is, is that it turns and it says, but the good shepherd, the good shepherd. And right there in 34, when it talks about the good shepherd, that is a prophecy about Jesus. The good shepherd is a prophecy about Jesus. And so the verse that we just read is weighted very heavy with Old Testament prophecy. It's also in itself a prophetic message going forward. Because when Jesus says this, when Jesus says, and let me find it here, when he says this, I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold, I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. He's talking about, at this point, he's talking to the Israelites. But the other, peop- the other, shepherd, the, uh, the other uh, flock that he has are the Gentiles. That's us. And he is pro- prophesying, saying, I will not only die, I will not only lay down my life for the Israelites, I will also, I will also, I will lay down my life for the Gentiles as well. And they will all come together and there will be one, one flock of sheep, one herd of sheep. Jesus is literally, when they hear this, when the people hear this, their minds will harken back to Ezekiel 34. And they'll say, he's saying that he's the good shepherd talked about. And you would think, having seen the miracles that they've seen, having heard of the things that Jesus has said, having heard that, it would be great. But here's the truth of the matter. Verse 19 says, if you'll read down, and we don't have this, but it says, when when he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions of him. Some some even said he was demon-possessed. They were still divided over him. People today are still divided over him. But he is the good shepherd. What does it mean to be the good shepherd then? That's the question. What does he mean to be the good shepherd? Well, here's the first thing he means being the good shepherd. He wants you to know that you can trust him. He wants you to know. Jesus wants us to know that he can be trusted. He wants us to know, and he wants you to know, and I want you to know, if you're watching today, that Jesus can be trusted. My life is an example that Jesus can be trusted. Uh, Your life, some of you guys, are an example that Jesus can be trusted. A life that has been given over to him, he can be trusted. One of the things that we dealt with, I used to work as an administrator of a children's home. I helped out in the administration of a children's home. Uh, And one of the things that we would see, Wendy, uh, my wife Wendy worked there as well. And one of the things that we always saw, when the kids would first come in, it it was 
always, the kids would always first come in. And there was usually about a three to four week period where we had to build trust with those kids because those kids did not trust. They did not trust anybody. The reason they didn't trust anybody may be the reason that you don't trust anybody. And it was this. The people in their past, they had abused the trust they had been given by the person. They had abused that trust. They had broken that trust. And those people that would come into that children's home, they had a hard time giving back, giving back over trust of a person because they have been let down. I want to tell you something. I've counseled, I've counseled lots of people who have been hurt and who have been abandoned by others. I've counseled lots of people. And there is an underlying uneasiness about them. There's an underlying uneasiness that what happens, it flares up from time to time. And if it's not addressed, it can actually ruin their life. Because we weren't meant to go through life. I want you to hear this. We weren't meant going through, to go through life trusting no one. Jesus here is saying this. If you can't trust anyone else in your life, if you can't trust anyone else, I want you to know something. You can trust me. He can be trusted. In John chapter 10, 12 through 14, we've just read it, but I want to show you again. It says this. It says, hey, listen, I want to tell you something. The thief, the thief, here's what it says in 10. I'll read it to you. The thief comes to kill and, and, and destroy. My purpose is to give you a satisfying life. And then he goes forward and starts telling the story. And he says this. He says, I want you to know something. He says, a hired hand, someone who just is out there, a hired hand, they will come in. A hired hand will run when he sees a, 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 a wolf coming in. Whenever there's trouble coming in, someone who's a hired hand, they're going to run away. Let me, let me paraphrase that for your own life. For your own life. Hey, can I tell you something? There's going to be people in your life that are only there for a season that when things get bad, they break your trust and they go away. They go away. And I've talked to people who have that done over and over again. And so Jesus is identifying that. And he's saying, hey, listen, don't, don't be fooled here. There's going to be hired hands in your life. Well, a hired hand, he, he will run because he doesn't have a connection. He doesn't have a connection to the shepherd. And then Jesus in 14 says, but I am the good shepherd. And I know my sheep and they know me, he's saying this. I won't try to take advantage of you. I won't try to. I'll send people to help you. If there's a time when someone hurts you in your life, I'll be there with you and I'll walk through it with you. I'll protect you. If you'll follow my voice and listen to my word and be obedient, I will guide you. I will protect you. And if something comes after you, if someone comes after you, if you will allow me to, I will even defend you. I will defend you. He's saying, you can trust me. When I was growing up, I know this may shock some people, but I was kind of a smart aleck, all right? 
If I'm being honest with you, I kind of still am a smart aleck, but I've grown a lot out of that. Jesus has beat it out of me mostly. But I said, no, seriously, I, I am kind of a smart aleck still. But I was a real smart mouth little kid. And um, I, uh, um, I would get in trouble for that often. And I'll never forget this. Um, I, would, I would talk to my mom, and my mom's watching right now. So mom, I'm admitting I was wrong. I would talk to my mom in a way that wasn't what my mom deserved, all right? It wasn't honoring to my mom, okay? Um, whether I was right or wrong, and I was wrong, honestly, but I, I would, in, in the situation, particular situation, overall, I was wrong because of the way I talked to my mom. And more than one time, more than one time, my dad would step in, and here's what he would say. He would say, hey, that's my wife you're talking to. You're not going to do that. Hey, that's my wife. You know what he would do? He would defend her. He would defend her. It's interesting that we are described as the church, as the bride of Christ. And Christ is the groom. And he is our defender. He is. Hey, it's not going to happen. Hey, we're not going that route. Isn't it amazing, the symbolism I want you to know something. If you don't hear anything else today, I want you to hear this. Jesus can be trusted. Here's the next thing, and I think this really applies for today, and so I want you to really perk up and hear this. God really, I don't, it was like crazy this week, just God speaking and speaking. It was, it was, I really, I probably could talk for two hours, but I'm not going to, but I probably could. Uh, just a lot of things that God showed me this week and, and just through this situation, but God, he provides for us, all right? Jesus provides for us. He wants us to know that he provides for us. He does. He feeds us and he provides for us. Can I tell you something? These are really uncertain times right now. They really are. We've had lots of people in our church who have been laid off, who have been furloughed from their jobs. We've had several people that have been furloughed from their jobs. We've had people that have lost their jobs because of the virus. But here's what I know 100%. I know this 100%. Jesus will provide. He'll provide. 2 Corinthians 9.8 says this. I think we have this up there. It says this. It says, and God will generously provide all you need. I want you to focus in on that. And God will generously provide all you need. I want you to, I want you to see the last word in that sentence. It says need. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. If you're, if you're furloughed or you're laid off or you're going through a tough financial time, probably, probably want to cut back on the wants, all right? The scripture doesn't say that, and God will provide all that you want. He doesn't do that. He said, and God will provide all that you need. And it says, then you will always have everything you need. And I love that. This is my favorite part of the whole verse and one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Not only is he going to provide what you need, he's saying, and you're going to have plenty left over to share with others. I love that. He's going to overflow you in the needs. He's going to overflow you so that you can take and give those to other people. One of the signature cards that we have here at Real Church is that we're giving people. We are. And I love that. We are giving people. 
and we give. Whenever there's an issue, whenever something happens, whenever someone has a need, man, we beat each other down to try to get to the door to, 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 to meet the need. We're giving people. It's exactly the way God wants it as well. It's exactly the way God wants it. Can I tell you what kind of person, what kind of person would bless you to the point where you can bless other people? The good shepherd. He is the good shepherd. And being able to give, being able to give John 10.10, and I want you to connect with this, John 10.10, being able to give is the rich and satisfying life that he's talking about. Overflowing and being able to bless other people. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life, an abundant life, an abundant. If I, you know, right now, uh, my t-shirt drawer is a little full, all right? It drives my wife crazy. Uh, there is an abundance of t-shirts. And at some point, uh, I am going to go through and, and, and donate some of those t-shirts that, that are still able to be worn. I'm going to donate some of them. Well, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about your, your drawer being overflowing. And that's, what, that's what's happening. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to donate those things. And a, a person that gives you enough to overflowing is a good shepherd. That is an abundant life. Because it feels so great. It feels so great to have all your needs provided and then to go and help other people get their needs provided. It's an amazing, it's an amazing feeling. That's what the abundant life is. He provides for us, and I want you to hear that. He provides for us. So why does he provide for us? Well, let's look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. I know I'm Bible thumping this morning. Um, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That means you don't have to worry about your next meal. Okay? I want you to hear that. You don't have to worry about your next meal. Yesterday, Wendy and I were, were on a walk, and she said, you know, I just love hearing the birds sing. Uh, and we, kind of, I, we, all, we both kept walking, but we kind of stopped and listened to the birds singing. And my immediate thought was this verse. And I thought, man, those birds aren't worried about their next meal Wendy and I have a uh, Wendy and I have a have a, a bird nest in on our back porch up in the top. Every year I say I'm going to cover it up so they can't get in there, and every year I forget, and every year they come back. And but I've been watching these birds, and it's an amazing thing to see the mama mama bird. They'll go out, they fly out, and then all of a sudden they pop back up. And the minute they pop up there, all those you, all I, I can't see the birds. All I can see is the mouths. <sighs> That's what they're doing. And, and, and it's literally the mom is feeding them, is feeding them. If you guys have been in quarantine long enough, you may feel like that's what happens at your house <laughs> whenever you get back from the grocery store. <laughs> Every kid wants to eat. But, but that, that, and it's an amazing symbolism. The birds don't worry about it, and we don't have to worry about it either. That means you don't have to worry about your job. You don't have to worry about your job. You don't. Listen, God gave you that job whether you knew it or not. He gave you that job to begin with. He gave you the skills and the ability. He gave you all those things. And if that job plays out, he'll provide another job. And I believe that. I really do. That also means that you don't have to worry about tomorrow. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. As I told you before, this virus wasn't some big shock to God. He provides for us. Here's the truth I want you to hear. Jesus wants you to know 
that he can be trusted and he wants you to know that he will provide for you. He's not going to run off. He's not going, he's going to protect you. He's not going to run off. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to do any of those things. He's going to protect you. He is going to absolutely, uh, he's going to absolutely provide for you. And because of those two things, he can be trusted. But here's the final thing I want you to hear. I want you to hear this. Even if you decide, even if you decide, hey, you know what? I don't know. I, I just can't deal with this anymore. I'm going to try to, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to get off. I'm going to get off path. I, I may go a different direction. I want you to know something. This God, this God who, who came down in flesh, this, this God who came down as Jesus Christ himself, this very, this very God chases after us. He chases after us. I love Luke 15. Let's turn to Luke 15 and see what it has to say. Luke 15 says this. Luke 15. I'll turn over for you. Luke 15. It says this. Great, great story. And I know you guys have heard it before, but Luke 15, starting in verse 3. It's Jesus talking. He says, so Jesus told them the story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one until the loss he has found, uh, until that is lost, until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. I don't know about you guys, but there have been several times in my life where I've tried to run away from God, where I've tried to go my own direction. And if you can imagine this in my brain, I do it in my brain. If you can imagine this in your own life, many times Jesus has found me, threw me up on his shoulders, and carried me back into where I needed to be. He's done that for me, and I know he's done it for you, and he will do it for you. He will chase you down. I love what C.S. Lewis says. He calls, he calls him, and I've said this before in our services, he calls him the hound of heaven. The hound of heaven. He will track you down and search you and search for you until you are found and bring you back and bring you back into a loving relationship. But here's the final thing. How do you establish all this? How does it all happen? And the biggest question is why? Why would he do this? Why would he ever do this? Why would he be the good shepherd? Why? Why does he want to come do this? I'll tell you why. It's about a relationship. It's about relationship. It's about having a connectedness with God. It's about him desiring to connect with you. It's about Christ wanting to bring you back into the fold and connect and connect, connect with God. And that's his purpose. And that's his goal. And that's his mission. And so my question to you today would be this. Are you connected with God? Are you connected with God? Are you experiencing the fact that Jesus is the gate, that he wants us to have an abundant life, and that he is the good shepherd? Are you experiencing those things? 
That would be the question that I would leave you with today. I can tell you this, if you want to experience that, you simply have to reconnect or first connect with Christ. You have to surrender to him and say, I know that I get off track and I think my plans are better than yours, but your plans are so much better than mine. And you have to surrender and allow him to be the Lord, which means boss of your life. That's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. And you don't have to be here at the church to do that. You can do that right at home. And you can put it in your own words. You can say, God, I know I've been trying to live my own life. Lord, I want you to come in right now and be the boss of my life. And I don't know if that means that that was the first time you did it or if you rededicating. I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. But we always, always have an opportunity right now to reconnect with God and to start that process. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. He wants you to know he can be trusted. He wants you to know that he'll provide for you. And I want you to know that he'll chase you down. And that's how much he loves you. And that's how much he wants for you to live that abundant life. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much for the fact that you love us. And you, uh, gosh, Lord, you just do amazing things in our life. Lord, we need, we need you in our lives. In situations like we're in today, God, it's so obvious that we need you in our lives. We do. We need you to direct and guide us. We need you to show us the way. We need you to come and protect, for us, protect us and provide for us. We need you to do that, God. And so, Lord, right now, I just, I want to stop and I want to thank you. I want to thank you for who you are and what you do in our lives, God. And Lord, show us, show us that you can be trusted. It's in the strong and mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's worship.